the ghosts of hampton court by william theodore parks read for LibriVox.org, by diana schmidt in the following verses a remarkable supernatural interview is narrated it is now for the first time launched into publicity on the authority and with the approbation of a quaint old friend of mine professor simon chuffcrust a savant who has daringly groped his way through certain gloomy mysteries of occult science the confidential and impressive manner of chuffcrust is jewelled with eyes of sparkling jet semitoned behind a screen of moon-blue spectacles his voice is of such convincing suasion that it is a novel and interesting experience to hear him relate with circumstantial enthusiasm the ghostly interview afforded him by a fortuitous chance within the interesting grounds of hampton court his is a testimony most reliable and calculated to establish as a fact the actual presence of supernatural shadows in that historic locality it also hints at the necessity and use of making the ghost a more familiar study whereby the belated world would rid itself of much unnecessary fright consequent on the invariable habit of spasmodically avoiding the familiar advances of the common or bedroom spook in hampton court i wandered on a twilight evening gray amidst its many precincts i had lost my tourist way and while i cogitated on a seat of carven stone i heard beneath an orange tree an elongated groan i crinkled with astonishment twas not a fit of fright for loud elastic wailings i have heard at twelve at night the midnight peace disturbing in the lamp-lit streets below but this was uttered in an unfamiliar groan of woe in hampton court i wot had got some questionable nooks in which it harbored spectres and disreputable spooks in which its shrouded headless queens and shades of evil kings with ill-conditioned titled knaves in lemons leading strings i listened twas a voice that cried as twere from out the dust of time that clogged its music with a husk of mould and rust a voice that once as tenor might have won a slight repute but combination now of asthma whooping cough and flute i sauntered towards the orange tree and lo the gloaming through i saw a man in trunk and hose and silver buckled shoe with ruffles and embroidered vest in wig without a hat inclining to the contour which is designated fat just then the waxing moonlight bloomed behind and lifed the stain of color through him like a saint upon a window-pane i could not spare such noted chance so stepping from the gloom i bowed politely and exclaimed a spectre i presume with glad pathetic wondered look but still in tones of woe he answered thus alack ah me i am exactly so and confidential gleam of hope across his features grew which gave me courage thus to start a social interview i pray of thee to speak alas why grims it so with thee some evil canker nips thy peace divulge thy wrongs to me that i may give thee hope for i am one to sympathize with manhood's lamentation as with womanhood her sighs but ha mayhap it fits your jest with elongated groan to seek to frighten me as i'm here in hampton court alone 
to wreck my spirits as of old has been the game of spook the spectre turned upon me with a sad reproachful look and cried alack that living men so long have held it good to flee from ghosts and hence the ghost is not yet understood now as for me i moan it not for jest of idle sport my task it is as murdered ghost to haunt in hampton court i play the victim to a spook who chucked me down a stair through being caught too near my lady's bedroom unaware poor shade of ill mischance i sobbed the while a wayward tear tricked out along my nose and lodged upon my tunic here i pray that thou wouldst tell me all withholding ne'er a jot for i might do thee service in some most unlikely spot o blessed chance the ghost exclaimed thou art the only one of all men else who spoke me so they always turn and run thou art the first that i have seen drop sympathetic tears responsive to my moanings i for full one hundred years and so i feel that i can speak in unreserving tone and give thee cause for this alack my chronic nightly groan when i was in my thirties i engaged to mind the spoons of colonel sir john bouncer of the sixty-fifth dragoons and though of lowly stature i am proud i was by half more manly than the footman by step and chest and calf with frontispiece well favoured in a frame of powdered wig i wot amongst the female sex i joyed a game of tig i played the captivating spark till colonel bouncer caught me jesting with my mistress and he spake with furious haught expressed him his disfavour loud unto my lady thus and thou do not discharge the knave twill cause some future fuss the cock-a-dandy bantam pillory graduate and scoff on manhood give him notice but no she begged me off it was not long thereafter an early postman bore a warrant for the colonel to start for singapore he sailed and in the august twas just ten months away he stayed and he was due in town upon the first of may twas on that ninth of august at twelve o'clock at night through bouncer hall i wandered to see that all was right and in my course of searching to check the silver stock i chanced upon the key with which my lady wound the clock a louis clock she valued it was on the mantel-shelf in her boudoir her habit was to wind it up herself i brought it to her bedroom and scratched a single knock and asked her through the keyhole if she had wound the clock my words were scarcely uttered when from another door i heard a foot that should have been that night in singapore i saw an eye that should have seen that night a foreign shore ha caitiff knave he shouted twas all i heard no more he collared me by neck and breech and swept me off the floor and bore me down the corridor and hoisting me as light as cork an act i could not check he flung me down the oaken stair and wanton cracked my neck for that he paid the penalty one day on tyburn tree alack it was the sorest deed the law could wreak for me 
for when it made a ghost of him he came and sought me out where haunting at my lady's door i heard this self-same shout caitiff knave the pity aunt he took me unaware once more by gripping of my breech and tossed me down the stair night after night he compassed it nor recked he who was there but by my crop and grip of trunks he bumped me down the stair thus mortified by evil fate his widow nightly wept to hear the periodic row and scarce a wink she slept she daily sought to lay his ghost by penance and by prayer and got a brace of saintly monks to exercise the scare with holy water sprinked about a jot he did not care but seized me with a fiercer grip and jocked me down the stair and mocked the frightened monks who flew with fringe of standing hair at last his widow could not wreck his evil conduct there she moved to other where the only tenants that remained in bouncer hall were rats until was taken down to build some fashionable flats and when the workman moved the stair i wot he was cut up to see its broken banisters upon a cart put up but vengeance of his hate for me remained a danger yet to find a suitable resort to work it out he set and tapped the telephone until he heard of that resort it is an ancient oaken stair that's here in hampton court twas vacant of a ghost i faith a lobby to be let and with some royal spook he had a ghostly compact set and then he brought me here to work his midnight murder yet an hour ago accosting me says he to me prepare be ready for once more to-night i'll crock thee down the stair to-night a cousin german of the noble house of tech will occupy the bedroom and i'll have to crack thy neck in yonder wing and up the stairs as high as thou canst go there is the bedroom with a door of casement rather low and if thou stay a night therein thy sleep might wake for shock of scratching on the door and keyhole cry to wind your clock and then the shout of caitiff knave and if thou art bold and dare to peer out on that lobby then he crocks me down the stair and leaves thee shivering in thy shirt with fright and besomed hair i've heard the county council for the city wheel is rife i'd hold it as a favor if thou'dst intimate that life is perilled on that lobby and suggest in thy report that lifts would be more suitable than stairs in hampton court then with a comprehensive wail of anguish at his fate he gradually vanished through the grating of a gate and left me sorely puzzled in a sad reflective state then up a creeping tree and spout with stern resolve of hate compressed within my breast for bouncer's evil ghost i clomb and slipping through the window frame with feline caution dumb i slid behind a folding screen and with a craning neck i listened for the snoring of the colonel vanderteck but not a soul had come that night into the room to rest there was no cousin german and the bed was yet unpressed a knavish and mendacious trick it was of bouncer's ghost 
to crack his butler's neck again but with some beans and toast i picketed behind the door on eager ear to catch the slightest human murmur through the keyhole of the latch at last it came the midnight yet was booming from a clock when lo a scratching on the door and halfway through the lock i heard the question and with a shout i gave the ghosts a shock by springing to the lobby like a chip of blasting rock and bounded twixt the spectres with the rage of fighting cock then facing colonel bouncer's ghost thou caitiff spoof i cried was it for this that shakespeare wrote and colonel hampton died for this that cromwell lopped a royal head as traitor knave for this that all his cursors were sworn to pray and shave was it for this we lost a world when george the third was king for this that laureates have lived of royal deeds to sing for this the printing press was made torpedoes dynamite the iron ships and bullet-proof cuirass to scape the fight was it for this we've wove around the world a social net of speaking steel that thou shouldst perpetrate thy murder yet out out on thee as traitor of thine oath unto the crown by gripping of thy butler by his breech to jock him down was it for this that justice wrung thy neck on tyburn tree to expiate the direful debt to justice due by thee for this did lord macaulay write the lays of ancient rome for this did government send out to bring us jabez home have we been privileged to pay our swollen rates and tax and legislative rights imposed upon the nobles backs for this was england parcelled out amongst the norman few that thou shouldst haunt in hampton court thy noisome work to do for this is london soaring up to babble flights of flats as cross between a poorhouse and a prison our top hats still worn by busmen beadles undertakers men of prayer that thou shouldst cost the lieges to irradiate their hair with horror at thy felon work paw out upon thee there thou misbegotten sprite was it for this we fought and flew on many a bloody battlefield right on to peterloo thou gall embittered martinet what boots it if thou crack thy butler's neck unto that lock he'll still be harking back and grow invigorated by thy ghastly midnight work like shooting of the shoots or breezing down the switchback jerk pshaw that unto thee and i snapped my fingers at him bosh go give thy vengeful spirit to contrition for the wash and with the soap of keen remorse erase the stain of blood from out thy soul and straight atone with deeds of useful good go croak behind the marble arch or take a flag and stand in grosvenor square as captain of a hallelujah band do anything but mockery of murder in the dark i even spout in windy speech from wagons in the park thou thing of misty cobwebine thou woman frighter go and never more be seen again to make thyself a show for children's fears or if thou wouldst a manly vengeance dare pick up this fourteen stone of mine and jock me down the stair 
thou idiot spook thou ill-conditioned cloud concocted sprite with the immortal bard i cry avaunt and quit my sight so fiercely did i thus denounce his evil midnight trick the vigor of the vengeful scowl upon his brow grew sick with quail of deep abasement to behold a mortal's blood on fire to beard a felon spook and ghosts were understood a transposition of remorse upon his features came until he shook before me in an abject wreck of shame and cried with tones of keen reproach adzooks alack ah me odds well well hey ho that i should die to see my ghost derided with contempt of scoffing stock from thee but of thy clacking caustic tongue i prithee give no more i'll take my passage by a breeze to-night for singapore or anywhere the wind may blow japan or timbuktu to rid me of thy clapper jaw a flout on thee adieu he then evaporated and with some pride imbued i turned for an expression of the butler's gratitude but he was gone and from his place with india-rubber shoe a lamp was flashed upon my face by number ninety q there never where they're wanted and that blue belted elf did hail me up for trespass and for shouting to myself end of poem this recording is in the public domain